Good morning. It's another episode of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. Happy to be with you once again this morning. Uh, it's Wednesday. It's September 20th. Today, uh, you know, I'm just putting this together. Today is the change of seasons. So we'll talk about that a little bit more later on. But fall, here we come, ready or not. Let's pray today in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What a great morning. It is uh, beautiful outside. I, You know, it's one of those mornings I woke up and I thought, is the uh, is the air conditioner even running? We, we live in an upstairs bedroom. We're on a split system in our house. And so we noticed the upstairs system runs a little later than the downstairs one because, you know, heat rises. Um, but it was absolutely beautiful this morning. Today on the show... And I love that. I love waking up where it's like you don't want to get out from under the covers because it's cold and you're warm. But then that cold hits and you're like, all right, now I'm awake. I'm ready to tackle the day. Today on the show, we're going to hear about St. Louis de Montfort. We're also going to hear about a women's retreat opportunity out in Jefferson City, Missouri. We're going to talk about the Holy Face. We have both a homily on the Holy Face and we're going to have uh, an expert on the Holy Face devotion, Father Lawrence Carney. He was with us back in February on the show. Well, he, uh, he stopped by our studios the other day and we were able to sit down with him and have a conversation about the Holy Face. And we're going to bring that to you today. So that's all ahead on the show. First, uh, let's find out how many more brisk mornings we have ahead. Let's go to Mike Roberts for our weather and our saint of the day. This is the memorial of Saints Andrew Kim Taegon, Paul Chong Hasong, and companions who were Korean martyrs. Born in 1795 in what was then a united Korea, Paul Chong Hasong was born into nobility. His parents were dedicated Catholics, and his father, a noted scholar, wrote the first Korean catechism. But because of that work, his father was arrested and martyred in 1801 and the family stripped of all of its property. As a young man, Paul frequently traveled to China to escort missionaries to Korea. He was being considered for the priesthood, but before he could enter, was arrested and along with his mother and sister, executed in 1839. In 1921, Andrew Kim Taegon was born. His parents were converts, and like Paul Chong Hasong's father, Andrew Kim's father was murdered for his conversion. Baptized at the age of 15, Andrew became a priest at 23, making him the first Korean priest. Returning to Korea to preach and evangelize, Andrew was arrested and condemned to death, but before he died, wrote these words. This is my last hour. Listen to me attentively. If I held communication with foreigners, it has been for my religion and for my God. It is for him that I die. My immortal life is at the point of beginning. Become Christians if you wish to be happy after death because God has eternal chastisements for those who refuse to know him. In 1984, 
along with Andrew and Paul, St. Pope John Paul II canonized 98 Koreans and three French missionaries who were martyred between 1839 and 1867. Saints Andrew Kim Taegon and Paul Chong Hasong and companions, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. A prayer for priests. Oh my God, help those priests who are faithful to remain faithful. To those who are falling, stretch forth your divine hand that they may grasp it as their support. In the great ocean of your mercy, lift those poor unfortunate ones who have fallen that being engulfed therein, they may receive the grace to return to your great loving heart. Amen. Precious blood of Jesus, protect them. We are happy to welcome Barb Prasad, Women's Ministry Coordinator for the Diocese of Jefferson City to the show today. Barb, it's so great to speak with you. Thanks for having me in this morning. All right, so we're talking about Roadmap to Heaven, and I have to admit, I'm a little biased sometimes as a husband and father. I'm always looking for opportunities for men, for husbands and fathers, but I don't want to forget that there are a lot of great events out there for women, too. And I have to tell you, I love Jeff City and traveling through there any chance I get. I am uh, sad that this event's not for me, but I'm really excited about sharing it with our listeners. So, Barb, tell us about the the fall event coming up in October here. Yes. Well, we're having an all-day retreat on Saturday, October 7th. Um, We have had these in the past, but we haven't had one since COVID. And and we actually added to it this year and are having a ladies' night out the Friday preceding. Um, So there are two opportunities to join us and meet with our speaker, Teresa Tamio. So we're really excited about that. And they are both available, but you do not actually have to go to both. So while it would be fabulous if you could, and you will gain a lot, and they're they're not a repeat of each other, but um, if you're able to, you can attend both, or you can attend just one of them. Oh, that sounds like a fantastic offering. A ladies' night out on Friday, October 6th in the evening, and then a full-day retreat on Saturday, October 7th, all in Cana Hall at the Cathedral of St. Joseph in Jefferson City. Yes. Barb, let's cover this because our listeners, we have listeners in quite the area. Who's this open to? This is actually um, geared towards the women in the Diocese of Jefferson City, which actually goes up to Kirksville and, you know, over to Hannibal, down to Rolla, so all throughout central Missouri. Although we have had some women interested from other areas because Teresa is a fabulous national speaker and, you know, as you well know on your radio station, so very popular. So other women are welcome to attend. All right. Now, is there a cost to attend, or where can our listeners find more information on how to register? They can register at diojeffcity.com. There is a link on the front page, or they can go to the Women's Ministry page, and there's more details on there. Um, There is a fee for Friday night. It is $25 and a $15 fee for the retreat on Saturday. That's nothing. I think that sounds absolutely wonderful. Now, the theme this year is Defined by God, Sent on Mission, Fortified by the Eucharist. How wonderful this is as part of the Eucharistic revival to have this theme. And I got to tell you, Barb, I'm really excited to say that I think we're going to have Teresa with us in about a week and a half on the show 
to give us a little preview of what she's going to be talking about. But in the meantime, I, I commend you for putting this together, for coming on the show here and sharing it with our listeners. And again, for more information on that or to register, you can go to diojeffcity.org slash event. That's WM as in women's ministry. And uh, you can check it out there. Barb, thanks so much for being with us today. I appreciate you having me on. All right. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. Lord Jesus, I come before you just as I am. I am sorry for my sins. I repent of my sins. Please forgive me. In your name, I forgive all others for what they have done against me. I renounce Satan, the evil spirits, and all their works. I give you my entire self. Lord Jesus, now and forever, I invite you into my life, Jesus. I accept you as my Lord, God, and Savior. Heal me, change me, strengthen me in body, soul, and spirit. Come, Lord Jesus, cover me with your precious blood and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I love you, Lord Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I shall follow you every day of my life. Amen. Mary, my mother, Queen of Peace, St. Peregrine, the Cancer Saint, all you angels and saints, please help me. Amen. We are happy to welcome Father Lawrence Carney, priest of the Diocese of Wichita in Kansas, to our studios to be with us on Roadmap to Heaven today. Father, it's good to have you with us. Thanks for having me, Adam. Now, you, you are in town because you gave a talk on the Holy Face, had a little mini-conference. We've spoken with you by phone before about the Holy Face devotion back in February as we were getting ready to celebrate. If, if I remember correctly, February 10th, around, around there is the devotion to the Holy Face, or is it February 2nd? Well, it depends on when Shrove Tuesday is. So that's movable. So that depends on when Ash Wednesday is, because it's the day before Ash Wednesday. All right. Let's talk about that devotion and give a recap, because I know several of our listeners, the last time we had you on, and a priest of our own diocese here to speak about it as well, they all say, oh, I love this devotion. We have a prayer group going, and I wish more people knew about this devotion. So what's the, uh, as I heard someone say recently, if we were in the elevator together, what would you tell me about the Holy Face devotion before we got to our floors? Oh, yeah, I would say, well, our Lord Jesus told us that our Father is greatly offended by two sins, blasphemy profanation of Sundays, holy days, and obligation. And our Lord is sending a chastisement, not only of the elements or hurricanes, but he's punishing us with the scourge of revolutionary men. So that's what I would say. And then we hit the bottom floor, and then they go away with information. So Yeah. So I guess the question is, both of these things, we see the natural world around us is becoming more and more unsettled. We see wildfires. We see hurricanes. We see... Uh, uncomfortably hot temperatures this past summer in some places and bitter cold in others over the winter. But we also see that uh, it it seems like the world, or at least the people in the world, are somewhat falling apart at the seams. And I've never seen this much rebellion against God in my 40 years on this earth as I'm seeing right now. And through some grace over the last five to ten years, I've I've been blessed with the wisdom to know I am not going to fix the problem. But there are things that I can do to be part of the solution, things that God invites all of us to do. And that's where this devotion comes in. If, if you see the problems, pray the devotion. So tell us a little bit about the actual devotion and how we pray it, please. Sure. So the devotion is really 
simple in that it doesn't add a lot of time to someone's prayer life already. So I tell people, tell your spiritual director, if you've got one, or your confessor, that it's only going to add one minute a day to your spiritual regimen of devotions. Because I always get, Father, another devotion? Well, this enhances the other devotion. And the other thing is to go to a monthly meeting for 30 minutes to an hour a month. So that's what it is. And what we do is we enroll in the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face and wear an effigy or a medal of the Holy Face. Those are two of the six requirements. Then every day, this is the one minute a day, say, O Lord, show us thy face and we shall be saved. A pater, an Ave Maria, and a Gloria Patri. And I do that in the morning so I don't forget. Then the fourth one is to promote this, like we're doing right here. And the fifth one is to go to the monthly meetings. What it does, it's a, it's a system that is a counter-revolution against the revolution against God. People ask me, Father, what can I do? Back in 2019, they didn't know what to do. This revolution against closing the churches. So this is a whole system that God has set up where he explicitly tells us how he can fight this war for us. Because a lot of my friends tell me that at this point, the only way that we're going to get out of this is direct divine intervention. And so that's what this is doing, is it's inviting God in the most quickest and easiest way possible to get him involved in this revolution and to make peace come out of this. What we're talking about here is adding a minute to your prayer regimen. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking a lot on the show lately about not finding time for prayer, but making time for prayer. And, and where can you make a minute? In fact, I know some some folks that when their kids were younger, they used to write the vocabulary words on the bathroom mirror with a dry erase marker so that every morning when their children were brushing their teeth, they could study their vocabulary words. And I'm thinking, well, maybe you have a minute right there. If, if you're like me, uh, you turn the shower on, you have to wait a minute for the water pressure to come up. There's a minute you can pray right there. Or maybe, you know, you're, you're making your breakfast and you're waiting for the toast to pop out of the toaster. There's a minute you can make to pray. It's, it's pretty easy to find a minute in the day. Yeah. Yeah, it's really easy, and it's really important that we have generosity in the spiritual life. So one of the patrons of the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face is St. Michael the Archangel, and I tell people, why was the angel who was in the second to the lowest choir the one called by God to thrust the wretched Satan and his dominion and the, the devils out of heaven? And I tell people it's because he was generous. His very name, Michael, is reparation, which means who is like unto God. So these demons, they blasphemed against God's plan, and he had the glorious charge from God to throw them out, the wretches. So generosity is a key part of this devotion and the spiritual life. I mean, if we want God to engage in this world and to bring a Christendom like we used to have when St. Louis the king of France ruled French, and that was the most prosperous time for France. By the way, he's another patron of the Holy Face, the Karch Confraternity. So we want to be happy in this life and the next. And if we're generous with God, then we're going to be happy in this life. We're going to be happy no matter what suffering we're doing because we're finding out the will of God is what's more important than our will. And I tell people, don't worry about suffering. Just ask God to give you the grace to suffer no more nor less than what he wants you to suffer. Yeah, and I I like to say, don't waste your suffering. 
you know, you you don't waste it. Apply it to either your life, apply it to the holy souls, whoever it may be. Now, Father, one of the other things I'd like to ask about is, um, you know, you said just now, for not just the next life, but also this life. What are some of the fruits you've seen in those who pray the devotion, or even in your own life since you've taken up the devotion to the Holy Face? I've seen a beautiful fruit. I was saying low mass in St. Joseph Parish in Wichita, Kansas, several months ago, and there was a boy who was 12 years old, and after I gave the final blessing, he saw angels all over in the church. Now, this boy's He's a straight-laced boy. He's a, he's a son of a Marine, and his grandfather's a Marine. I think he's, his brother has just joined the Marine Corps. And he saw two angels that were carrying fiery swords that were bigger on the sides of the doors, the external doors. And there was an angel between him and his brother, and he tried to touch it, and his hand went through it. I was saying the prayers of the low mass, and then I went into the sanctuary, and they all disappeared. He went to the assistant priest at the parish and told him what he saw, and the priest said, that's good, because... When you go through a severe trial, this is going to give you consolation to get through it. And a lot of people that attend that Mass are devotees to the Holy Face. So that was a grace because one of the promises is that there will be many miracles. And we'll talk about a miracle that's happening with Sister Wilhelmina in a little bit. Father, you mentioned Sister Wilhelmina, and I actually, I, I'm so glad you're able to stick around with us after the show for our podcast listeners. So for everyone listening on the radio today, you have to go check out the podcast. If you don't know where to find it, just type Roadmap to Heaven in your favorite podcast app or go to ourcatholicradio.org. But before we, we go, we want to make sure everyone gets a chance to hear this. If you want to learn more about the Holy Face devotion, there is going to be a conference on the Holy Face in Wichita, Kansas, November 9th through 11th. Can you tell us a little bit about that conference before we go to the break here? Yeah, sure. We're going to have the Solemn High Mass. We're going to have a procession on November 11th. We've got these beautiful statues that were made out of solid wood. It's going to be St. Michael, St. Louis, King of France, and St. Martin. And we're going to have Solemn Vespers a couple nights. We have six talks by three different priests, including myself, and we'll have the mills included and Wichita's right in the middle of the U.S., so we'd love to have you. And the website, to find out more, it's the League of St. Martin Martinians.org. That's right. All right, so there you have it, the conference November 9th through 11th, and some really great resources. I've been to your website before at Martinians.org. League of St. Martin, if you just search that on your web browser, it'll pop up. Some really great stuff there. So thank you for spending some time with us, and thank you for sticking around after the show so we can have you on the podcast version. Uh, before we go to the break, could I ask you to offer a prayer? For our listeners? Yeah, I'll give a blessing. Sit nomen nomen benedictum, elex nonc usca in secula, seculorum. Amen. Dominus fopiscu. Et cum spiritu tuo. Benedictio de omnipotentis patris, et fili spiritus santis, scendit super vos et mani semper. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We're so grateful for Father Lawrence Carney spending some time with us. He's going to stick around after the show, so hang out for that. If you're on the podcast in the meantime, for our radio listeners, we are going to take a break. Stay tuned for more. A prayer for the gift of wisdom. Great is the wisdom of the Lord. God Almighty, your wisdom includes an understanding of what is fair, what is logical, what is true, what is right, and what is lasting. It mirrors your pure intellect, I entreat you to grant me such wisdom that my labors may reflect your insight. Your wisdom expands in your creations, displaying complexity and multiplicity. Your wisdom is an eternity ahead of man. 
May your wisdom flourish forever. Amen. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Adam Wright for Covenant Network. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And while you're at it, share it with your friends. And now back to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. Here we are on Wednesday, and it is time for another Daily Dose of Encouragement, where this week Patty Schneier is sharing with us devotions to the infant Jesus. Patty, yesterday was pretty amazing, so what's in store today? Well, today I want to actually get to some of the prayers and devotions to the infant Jesus, and even specifically to the infant Jesus of Prague. This has opened up a whole new world for me. Again, back to the year 1635 with Venerable Father Cyril, who is a Carmelite priest, who placed this statue in the monastery in Prague, and he he said, whoever honors me, I will honor them. I will bless them. So he has a prayer to the infant Jesus. It's prayer to the miraculous infant Jesus of Prague from 1635. Here's the prayer. Oh, infant Jesus, I run to you, begging you through your holy mother to save me in this need. And then mention your need. For I truly and firmly believe that your divinity can defend me. Full of trust, I hope in you to obtain your holy grace. I love you with all my heart. I am painfully sorry for my sins, and on my knees, I beg you, O little Jesus, to free me from them. My resolution is to improve and never more to offend you. Therefore, I offer myself to you, ready to suffer everything for you and to serve you faithfully. I will love my neighbor as myself from my heart for the love of you. O little Jesus, I adore you. O mighty child, I implore you, save me in this need that I may enjoy you eternally with Mary and Joseph, see you, and with all the angels, adore you. Amen. That is the prayer to the miraculous infant Jesus of Prague from Father Cyril from the year 1635. We're going to post these online so that you can increase your devotion to the infant Jesus. Patty, thank you for those prayers and for sharing these devotions with us this week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. One of the things I have done a terrible job of today is telling you the songs, and I know some of you write in from time to time saying, Adam, Adam, can you tell us what songs you played today? We like to look them up. We like to listen to them. So uh, first up today, we had Danielle Rose with Reason to Believe. We had Cochran and Company with Whole World. We had Ed Cash with Uncloudy Day and Matt Marr with Jesus, My Everything. One of my favorite songs. That's an old Matt Marr song from his second album. That was before a lot of people knew who he was, but it's a great, great song. And uh, yeah, so that's what was on the show today. I think the uh, the mission for us is simple to just go out there and pray and strive for holiness and strive to do God's will today. So uh, the golden arrow prayers, which we talked about with Father Carney, it's a simple prayer you can add each and every day. So uh, in addition to praying, let me pull it up here. I just had it, and then the screen went away. In addition to praying this prayer, you also pray uh, in Our Father, Hail Mary, and Glory Be, I believe. But this is a beautiful prayer. Listen to this. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible, and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and under the earth by all the creatures of God and by the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. It's a simple prayer. It's a great one we can add to our daily prayer regimen. In fact, I think going going forward on the show, we're going to have to start doing that together. And, uh, well, you know, we'll make it 
We'll make it a, a habit here. Tomorrow on the show, let's see, what do we have tomorrow on the show? We've got some good, some more good stuff this week. I can't even keep track of it all, but it's, oh, Father David Skillman's going to be with us. That's who's going to be on the show tomorrow. We're going to continue looking at that first encyclical of St. John Paul II, Redemptor Hominis, the Redeemer of Man. That's a great one. Um, you know, we I, I talked with Father Wade Menezes yesterday. We're going to have that for you, not this week, but that's going to be when we come back. Next week, we have our Radiothon here on Covenant Network Fall Radiothon. Tune in. It's going to be a lot of fun. I always enjoy the people we get to meet on those radiothons and then the first week of october we're going to go in depth with father wade on what's in a name but our hope is to have another father of mercy who we have not had on the show father ken geraci with us on friday morning as well so tune in for that let's pray in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen all glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a great day. It's Wednesday. I love Wednesday. Wednesday's always a good day. You're halfway through the week. You got to look forward to the weekend. It's almost here. It's closer than it ever was, you know? So be holy today. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Have a blessed day. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven. And most of all, don't forget to pray your rosary today. Well, Father Lawrence Carney was gracious enough to stick around after the show today to keep talking about the Holy Face devotion. And I, th- this is what I love about the podcast, Father, is there's no time limit now. We can just have a conversation about things. And we were talking about fruits of the Holy Face before we ended our segment together earlier. And one of the things you alluded to was uh, someone who whose life bears great fruit or bore great fruit from this devotion is Sister Wilhelmina, who our listeners will know from the Benedictines of Mary in Gower, Missouri. I know many of our listeners made pilgrimage to Gower this past summer when it was reported that her body was exhumed to be transferred to the chapel and was found to show very little sign, if any, of decay. What an incredible thing. Yes, absolutely. And you spent some time with the Benedictines. Yes. I'm still currently their chaplain, and I spent eight and a half years being their chaplain uh, there. And they have a project that I'm working on that's top secret right now. But yeah, I was Sister Wilhelmina's confessor and chaplain for the last six years of her life. And the devotion to Holy Face, I found through one of the members of her order, the Benedictines of Mary, that's where I first heard about it. And the nun that told me was Sister Scholastica, the prioress there. And she started praying for me and lots of little providences happened that just made me get on fire about this devotion. Well, when I found out that Sister Wilhelmina was found intact, I had an hour-long conversation with Mother Cecilia and Sister Scholastica, and I said, I read somewhere that uh, Sister Wilhelmina was a member of the Confraternity of the Holy Face. Can you show some proof of that? So they brought over her certificate. She signed up as a member February the 5th, 1977, and this was done at a confraternity of the Holy Face in the Carmelite of Dallas. They have a confraternity there. So I contacted the nuns in Dallas, the Carmelites, and I said, 
Did you know that you have Sister Wilhelmina on your roles as a member of the Holy Face? And the Mother Superior actually got on this project, and she took a picture of the role. It was in one of those small three-ring binders, you know, that has the little uh, ring safety things on there so the, the page doesn't break. And there it was, printed out on a typewriter, Sister Wilhelmina, uh, Oblate of the Pro Divine Providence. That was the community she was in before she founded the Benedictines of Mary. So she was in Baltimore when she did this. And there's the date and everything. It was just awesome. And I have both of those, the certificate and that role up on our website now. So this devotion, God just keeps amplifying my voice. I mean, I'm literally speaking in a microphone because I've been promoting this devotion. And I don't ask to get on air or I don't ask to write books. God just keeps putting things in front of me. And now Sister Wilhelmina, she might have a process of canonization. I think God wants to stress how important the devotion to the Holy Face is here. Yeah, it, it's really remarkable because a friend of mine from the neighborhood is a forensic anthropologist. She is not a believer, sadly. And so I texted her the details and I said, and, and I didn't say anything else. I said, the body was exhumed after being buried in a wooden casket with no embalming, was in the ground for this long, and this is what they found when they opened it. What's your immediate reaction? And she said, that's not possible. You know, that, that's not possible. There had to have been perhaps some vacuum sealers. I said, no, no, there was nothing. And uh, she said, well, that's truly remarkable. And then a few days later, even the secular press picked up the story of what had happened with Sister Wilhelmina's body. And she said, is this what you were talking about here? Um, but that's a grace, isn't it, that God's giving us to say, almost like a big flashing arrow to say, pay attention to yeah. what's happening here in Gower, Missouri. What are some of the lessons that we can learn from Sister Wilhelmina? Oh, that's a good question. And before I answer that, I just want to say, my mom was telling me stories of Protestants in Wichita, Kansas, who are talking about Sister Wilhelmina to Catholics, saying, do you know about her? And Catholics didn't hear about it until they, the Protestants, so the Protestants are getting involved. Now, what is so remarkable about her life? Well, I didn't see any extraordinary phenomena in six years. I wasn't looking for it. She was just so childlike. And she, what she stood for was very important, and she worked very hard at what she stood for. And the three things I like to mention, she stood for giving God the best worship possible. So she loved the Latin Mass, and that's what the nuns, they experienced the Latin Mass exclusively. So it's going back to the basics. You know, we have this whole Eucharistic revival going on, and sometimes if we just do the simplest things, they might work. And so we have God stressing that this incorrupt possible nun is that. And then the second thing is she wanted the nuns not only to wear the habit, but the traditional habit. I love the story. When her former community was going through the changes of Vatican II, the nuns were allowed to wear any array of liberal-looking habit or something that was closer to more conservative, and she chose something in the middle. So she went home to St. Louis uh, from Baltimore, and her father had passed away, but when she walked in the door, her mother said, what would your father think? Now, she was wearing a veil that had two inches of her hair showing, and that was problematic. So she said, what would your father think about you looking like that? So that's where the faith was back in the 1970s. Now, that, that's amazing to me that that happened. And the third thing 
is that she became a member of the confraternity holy face. And it's like, okay, thanks, God. You're just providing me more uh, of an opportunity to encourage, not even to twist people's wrists, to join this. Because, look, we have someone that might be incorrupt, and there's only three people that are incorrupt that I know of in the U.S. That would be St. John Neumann, St. Rose Philippine Duchesne, which is close by here in St. Charles, and Sister Wilhelmina. I don't know why Missouri has two out of three incorrupts out of 50 states. Well, we are the show-me state, That's you it. know, so <laughs> may, may, maybe God heard us say that and said, all right, I, you know, I shouldn't have to show you, but uh, but I will. You know, I'll give you that grace. Um, I, don't, I don't dare to presume to put words in our Lord's mouth. I think one of the, the great things you just said, though, was in the six and a half years that you spent with her, you, you didn't see any incredible phenomena. You, you just saw a person who said, every day I'm going to pray, yeah. every day I'm going to seek to do God's will, every day I'm going to seek to love him. And whether you're a monastic, whether you're a religious sister, a priest, or a member of the laity, you can do that. You can, you can wake up every day and say, I'm going to pray today. I'm going to strive to do God's will, mm-hmm. and I'm going to praise his name. You yeah. know, it's not hard. <laughs> no. I mean, if there would be a Bible verse that I would apply to sister, it would be only a childlike can enter the kingdom of heaven. She was so childlike. She did the simplest things, and she was so humble that God magnified her, just like Our Lady, that humility and and. Um, magnanimity that go together. Those two virtues, you have to have both of them. You can't have one without the other. And so I saw nothing extraordinary, but she did extraordinary things. She started a community that went back to the basics. They chant the divine office in Latin eight times a day. Eight, that's hard to do, to maintain that. But she not only did that, she founded this community to do that. And we know the contemplatives, they're the heavy artillery. They're 60 miles behind enemy lines, and they're dropping fire whenever priests on the front lines like Dawson priests and the parishioners need some support from, you know, headquarters. And then we have the missionaries, that are, they're in the middle. They're like tanks. They go out for a while, and they fight. But you got to get the tank off the line, otherwise it's going to get rusty, and it's going to break down, it's going to run out of gas, you got to get it back in. But the lay people and the Dawson priests, they're on the front line constantly, so it's nice to have contemplatives in your diocese. And that's what Sister Wilhelmina did, is she founded something that is going to exist beyond her. In fact, God has made her incorrupt. It's like, okay, please, people, follow what she's doing. So yeah. it's a beautiful system, and it's making these sisters become saintly. There's a walking saint or two there, I think, right now. I love that analogy. I've never thought of... You know, I, I've thought of church militant before, and uh, back many years ago in this archdiocese, there was a vocation film produced, uh, and I forget the exact title, but part of it is Captains in His Army, and it was about the diocesan priesthood. And uh, it's still available on YouTube. You can you can find it on the Archdiocese of St. Louis's YouTube page. But that uh, the, the idea of the contemplatives is the heavy artillery, you know, it's like, oh, wow, that that is very... Very true. And I know one of the stories attributed in St. Louis, again, the show me state, we have the uh, Holy Spirit Adoration Sisters, often referred to as the Pink Sisters. And when St. John Paul II came to St. Louis in 1999, they were the ones entrusted with pray for the weather because he came in January. And, And as we all know, we can have okay weather in January or we can have ice and we can have snow. And that can be a big problem when you're trying to bring tens of thousands of people 
downtown to see the Holy Father. And what did we have? 80-degree weather that day. And so more and more people were able to come to the rallies and the mass and so on and so forth. And again, it's, well, that's the contemplatives. Everybody knows it, it was it yeah. was God answering the prayers of the Pink Sisters there coming through. Father, uh, we're, we're talking about getting back to basics here. And one thing I'd love to ask you, because I've read this about you before, and, and I believe in our previous conversations off air, we've talked about this before, that when you went to be the chaplain for the Benedictines, one of the things you asked for was the ability to go out in the town. You, you didn't want to be ministering just to the sisters and then the cows in the pasture. You wanted to minister to the sisters, but then the people in the communities nearby. And one of the ways you do that is you wear the cassock yeah. every day. Um, right. So for no other reason than to say, here's a big arrow. I'm a priest. If you need a priest, I'm right here. What's the reaction been to that? As you go out into those communities, I mean, do people come up to you and say, oh, can I talk to you for a moment? Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. And I I tell my bishop and my, my brother priests, really, I'm just going out to continue praying my contemplative life. But if people want to interrupt me, I'm fine. Because St. Thomas Aquinas says the true apostolic life is living a life not of activity of any kind whatsoever, but it's living the contemplative life and then sharing that with others. So... It was Monday. I was at the library because it was raining, and I was just sitting in a place doing some of my work, and two Catholics came up and just talked to me about some things they needed, and then another guy came up and asked for confession. So I, I said, is it okay if we go right here? I pulled out my stole. He made his confession, and he went on his way. So that day was full of Catholics coming to me. Some days I just get non-Catholics that come to me or fallen-away Catholics. There's a lady named Veronica who is in her 60s, and she fell away from the church when she was 16, and she talked to me for an hour and told me why. And so she got to talk to a priest one-on-one without setting up a meeting, and I think that really gave her some healing. So we love Veronica because Veronica is very much part of the devotion to Holy Face. So she told me she's got two Catholic friends that are very devout. So she might be a big fish because she's very involved in her Protestant church, and if we can bring her back to the roots where she started in the Catholic Church, she would have a great effect on those Protestants. And I'm always looking for that big fish. So, yeah, yeah. I just go out and pray the rosary. And the idea came from walking the Camino in Spain. I wore my cassock every day. And after 30 days, there was about a 1,000 contacts of people just wanting to talk about God one-on-one to the priest. So I told Mother, if I'm going to take this job, I need to get out into St. Joseph or some city and walk around, and things happen. Now, I don't ask this question because of any ideology that the cassock is better than clerical dress or, or whatnot, um, but I ask it because of the visibility. And you, you said before that you're on the front lines, but also the lay faithful, we're on the front lines. And I think there's a temptation sometimes to try to hide Catholicism and say, well, you know, I don't want to impose upon people. And certainly more and more in the world and in the culture say, would you just keep your Catholicism to yourself? I mean, whatever you do inside those four walls, fine, but don't bring it out here. And uh, again, as we see the world, I love the way a priest put it. You know, we, we say God loves you, but we live in a world where people don't know who God is. They don't know who they are, and they have no idea what love is. Isn't this exactly the time to say, all right, we're not going to keep our Catholicism, you know, neatly tucked in under our shirt or within the four walls. We're going to wear it out there in the world, not not out of pride, but out of mission. Yeah. I mean, St. Louis, his beautiful statue is quite a trademark. 
And the name of this city is St. Louis, who was the king of France and a saint, and he lived his Catholicism externally completely. He led the Seventh Crusade, and we got to do a procession. We do it on August 25th, the Feast of St. Louis. I've been to two out of four of them, and we go about a, a mile and a half. And it's so beautiful seeing the young people chanting the Litany of the Saints and people watching us. And it's fun to be around priests who wear their cassocks. The cassock is something that gives grace. It was instituted by the Church to give grace because it's got a blessing. And we need all the help we can get from God and His Holy Church. So the sacraments are instituted by Jesus Christ to give grace. And those are called sacraments because they're external. And so Christendom, the Church, is about a visible structure of, of invisible grace. So we need to witness to the kingdom of God so that Christ can be our king. Because whenever Catholicism triumphs, that's always the best time for society to thrive. There's more peace, there's prosperity, there's happiness, there's people that want to help each other out instead of be selfish with each other. So we only have one life to live, Adam, and it's like, I want to give my all before my time comes, because what are they going to say at my funeral? So I think if we focus on the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell, then the fathers of the church said we'll never commit a mortal sin. And if we really drill down on those four last things, then it helps to give us that fire that Jesus talks about. Oh, that I wish that the fire of my love would, would consume the earth, would be all over the surface of the earth. He wants that. And the, the opposite is if we're scared of promoting Jesus Christ, if we're ashamed of him, what did he say? If you're ashamed of me, I'm going to be ashamed of you. We don't want that at our particular judgment. We want to do the best that we can right now. One of the beautiful things about this is that each and every one of us can do it to some degree. Um, some are gifted with the ability to go up and strike up a conversation with, as they say, you could strike up a conversation with a brick wall if you wanted to. You could talk to anybody. Others, you know, I, I know plenty of introverts that they would be nervous to do something like that. But I think of those that work in offices. And you go into an office and you maybe see on someone's desk a picture of their, their spouse or of their kids. Well, maybe an image of the holy face. or And not afraid to say, well, I don't want my coworkers to to see that or, or whatnot. If there's no prohibition against it, why not have a, a sacred image? You never know where it might start a conversation mm -hmm. or to say, well, I better tuck my crucifix that I wear around my neck inside my shirt because I don't, you know, again, I don't want to impose on anyone. Well, why why hide the cross of Christ, you know? Exactly. Um, all these small gestures could be little, you know, a, a little ways to witness to the faith. And as I like to tell people, you may not be the greatest catechist or the greatest apologist, but if you see what God's doing in your life, if you could share that, you're you're like the early Christians. Just I think especially of those in the Gospels when our Lord heals them and he tells them, don't, now don't tell anyone just what happened here. And But what's their natural inclination is to run and tell everyone, come and see what Jesus just did for me. Uh, are we ready to go out and say, you know, can I, can I share with you what Jesus did for me? Yeah, I mean, the youth are looking for an authentic way of living. That's why so many young nuns are joining these communities that are going back to the basics. And for lay people, if you be authentic, people will appreciate you if you stand for what you believe, like putting up an image of the Holy Face in your cubicle if you have an office, to pray your rosary, and not only just to pray it, but to pray it publicly and not care that people are watching or not, because you're going to do that because you're Catholic. You live your Catholicism on your sleeve, so to speak. And you 
don't even have to be an extrovert to do stuff like that. And you can have a candle burning with an image of the Immaculate Heart and a Sacred Heart. You can make it beautiful in your office space if there's no prohibition, like you said. We're not saying go out and walk the streets praying your rosary at the top of your lungs so that everyone hears you and says, well, what's that spectacle over there? But, you know, people do notice when you're out, if you have your rosary beads in your hand, maybe you just go for a walk every day. Like so many people walk their dogs or they they walk with their family just to get a little exercise. Great time to pray the rosary there. And again, not necessarily saying, everyone, look at me, I'm praying the rosary, but just to be that that faithful witness out there. Father, once again, it's been really great to, to have this extra time to catch up with you for our podcast listeners. Uh, we want to remind listeners not just about the Holy Face devotion that we spoke about, but also about the conference that's coming up in November in Wichita, which isn't too terribly far away for those of us here in the Midwest. Could you tell us uh, one more time a little bit more about that conference? Yes, it's about six hours from St. Louis. It's going to be November 9, 10, 11, Veterans Day weekend, and we're going to have solemn high mass every day and solemn vespers. And we're going to have three priests, including myself, have talks about the Holy Face. We have registration available on our website at martinians.org. So if you just Google League of St. Martin, you can find it. And it's only about 120 bucks per person and meals are included. So it's quite a deal. We'd love to see you. That sounds wonderful. Martinians.org. As I said, it's been great to have you with us. And friends, if you've enjoyed this bonus time here on the podcast, uh, we're grateful for your support. One of the best ways you can support us is by sharing this podcast with those you know, especially someone you might want to share some more about the Holy Face devotion with. Uh, But with that, we are going to sign off.